Hello and welcome to another Mat Chat podcast with me, Mina, where I invite friends to sit on a yoga mat with me, as it were, and share thoughts on all things well-being. My intention is to leave you feeling uplifted and empowered. If you want to know more about what I do and the personal Mat Chat yoga practice I offer, then please visit my website, minablair.com. Today I've invited my friend Sarah onto the mat. A keen yogi herself, she's also a multi-faith minister, spiritual counsellor and founder of Zephorium Soul Tonic. It's lovely to be back, Mina. We've had a bit of a break over the summer, but here we are again ready to chat. We've had some dog walks, haven't we? And uh, we've decided that today it'd be really good to talk about how we can thrive in an uncertain world. Yeah, I think that's a very um, good thing to be speaking about because I think people have found this summer a bit challenging, a you, bit different. You, you, I don't know why you say that, Nina. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, and it's just that so much of what we've taken for granted, this is what we are really interested in, has been thrown up for, for questioning. Mm. Um, holidays being a very big one. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it's going to be great to get stuck into this and just see, well, how can you thrive when everything around you seems to be dissolving or changing or, mm. or becoming very, very different? I don't know. What do you think? Well, what I think is, uh, you see, this is this is the thing. Um, I think that things are things are continually changing all the time. I just don't think that people really realize that your life who you are the world is is never standing still mm. so this concept of oh of of now suddenly not being able to do what you want so you just mentioned holidays there um and so something that you just assumed would always happen now for these these external reasons well i mean it's called covid now the the pandemic um people are not able to just do what they naturally would do at this time of year um but that's not to say that well actually things were changing things are changing all the time anyway yeah they are i mean you know me i love the universe and and exploring universal concepts and you know we live in an, in an explosive universe that is creating and destroying universes and worlds and planets all the time um it's ever expanding at the speed of light you know it's incredible at what is it 62,000 miles per second well yeah we're flying through the air, the universe we're, as we're sitting here speaking, we're moving know, right now I mean it's <laughs> incomprehensible isn't it that our brains see stability and things being um, sort of stuck you know we're sitting in this room we can see paintings on the walls we can look out and see nature and yet the whole planet is being hurtled through space at unimaginable speeds sounds thrusts and yet we think that we're stable is just hilarious yeah no definitely and so we have been thrown into the situation or rather this opportunity I think you know I came up with a word yesterday and I'm going to share it here because I think it's really I thought it was really cool actually (laughs) and um it's feeling like there's a huge opportunity for an awakening Mm. to to wake up to the fact that wow you you are part of this greater thing Mm. um and that you think you're in control of a lot of things but you're not I actually came up with the word shakening. Oh. Because it feels like we're we're being shaken awake. It's not altogether willing though, is it? No, it's definitely <laughs> not willing because it's we... not like everybody's going, Yay, I get it now. And I can't go on holiday, which means I can get really reflective and think about, you know, bigger questions. No, this is not where people are at. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean we we're obviously we like, you know, part of the human condition, the ego brain, of believing that we're in a stable 
place on this planet is to 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 fall in love with the idea that we need to be settled and stable and housed and yet when I look at people you know the older they get which is usually equals more stability staying in one place not moving around the less alive they are and it's when the little ones come in bursting into life full of enthusiasm chaos running around screaming shouting laughing all of that that they you can see life energy universal energy flowing through them can't you they're just electric yeah i mean children are full of awe and wonder aren't they mm. and then maybe yeah i think as we get older we lose that sense of wonder we perhaps. do we do yeah. and we lose the sense of allowing that life force to come through us which is all about oh the next exciting thing i've had a bath and i've got bubbles in it and look yeah. at all the bubbles it's really thrilling so i think if we are able to get back to a sense of that a little bit of not knowing around what's around the corner of trusting what's coming rather than dreading it because it feels as though it's out of our control mm. but why would we be resistant to that why why does it feel so scary i mean we've seen during the summer quite a lot of anger actually mm. anger coming from fear which is the base of all anger essentially at least i think so of for example the holiday thing and the, the education system has been thrown out into 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 you know into disarray um you know you've got healthcare is something else that you wrote on the list people aren't now not sure mm. whether they'll get treatment i mean it, it is scary yes of course it is we've created a, a kind of a blanket of comfort that we all really enjoy we get the healthcare you know we've been very lucky in this country for decades we get education, we have nice holidays, you know, even if we don't have much money, we can go and have a nice campsite somewhere. You know, there's opportunities for everybody and suddenly that's all thrown up in the air and I think we we just don't like to have our comfort blanket whisked away from us, ever. Mm. So is this the death knell of entitlement and just assuming, do you think? I think it might be. I'd love to know how other cultures, you know, maybe people listening to this in other countries could give us some feedback because how are other cultures cultures dealing with uncertainty? You know, maybe because we think we have everything so formulated and fixed, maybe we're finding it harder than other countries where they live more hand to mouth or they live more with uncertainty and death as a constant reminder, you know, that life is very precious. Mm. I mean, that was certainly the, my learning from um, my trips to Uganda, that I, I think you're right. I think there are cultures who think, well, you know, uh, it's AIDS, it's malaria. Oh, and now we add COVID. Mm. You know what I mean? It's, it's just another thing. It's just another thing. Yeah. And they're not, you know, wedded to annual holidays and just making all these assumptions in those sorts of mm. hand-to-mouth existences mm. either. Um, I guess for me, the I, I would like to see the death knell of, of an entitlement myself because the problem I have with entitlement is that you don't feel gratitude then. Mm. You, you can't feel grateful for something that you feel you're entitled to. And I think that's a dangerous, I think that's a dangerous place to be. And I think maybe this, this thing about, well, we're being used to being free always and getting what we want, when that's taken away, that's why it's it feels not right yeah I, I i don't know maybe we need to unpick that further because i think there are certain things we are entitled to as humans that feel to me quite right and justified as entitlement like freedom right 
and I think the three main entitlements um, across the world in all legislation is freedom of movement, freedom of what we do to our bodies and freedom of speech. So those three things to me do feel like core entitlements. You know, I don't care what anyone says. I may have a reaction, but I don't care because I just want people to be free. But when it comes to things like entitlement of a holiday, an expectation of certain things being on my doorstep every day, then I think that is very, very different. Mm, yeah. Do you know, do you get that? I oh, think, no, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Those, those are those are two different kinds of entitlements, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think maybe what you're saying is the entitlement of things and I, I, the moving parts all around us are so huge and vague. We try to control them all, and I guess it's that that we have no control over. Right, and I think what's happening now is people are being forced aren't they to face the fact that there are a lot of things that they are not in control of mm. and therefore the subject of this chat today was well how do you thrive that's going to be challenging if you are feeling angry and the things that you thought were always going to be there are not there I think that's a brilliant point because the whole thing of um, entitlement in in the unhealthy way is expecting other people to behave in a way that pleases us. Mm. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. Yeah. So when we're told we can't have something, we go into stamping our feet mode. Um, because it's it's so important to, for us to feel free, but if we've based our freedom on other people and our expectations of what they can do to us, the people I know who have, have had a... a you know a good time through all of this obviously they you know they're well so that makes a big difference but are those who don't really have many expectations on other people and what they can get from them right is is that the learning from not getting what you want do you think is is this the opportunity i think it is mina because if you if you if we're Wanting freedom, which is our absolute right as a human being with a soul incarnating on the planet, we have freedom of choice. But when we start to include other people in that freedom of choice, then we really start to get sticky. So if, you're, if you are able to amuse yourself, if you love walking out in nature, if you love the birds, if you love looking at the clouds, I guess really what the opportunity is, is to become more mystical. Mm -hmm. Once again, you know, probably what our ancestors did many, many hundreds of years ago, just spent the day in gratitude that they had food that day, that they got company around the campfire and that they lived in an awesome nature and animals. So perhaps the conversation now should really be more around people thinking about, well, what can I bring to the party? rather yes. than what everybody else is bringing to my party. Yes. I yeah, I think that's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, what yes, what can what am I offering here? Yeah. What's what's your offering? Mm. You know, if you're not getting what you want, well what what are you, mm. you know? Yeah. So what's I, your deal? I'm thinking about that right right now. I'm thinking, well what What is your deal, Sarah? I don't know what, what my deal <laughs> I'm going to have to think about this. I have no idea what my deal is. Do you know what yours is? Well, I mean, I'm trying, you know, with mm. with uh, with learning from uh, loss, and I mean, we've talked a lot about the this whole idea of the letting go, the living in the now, and letting go, which is 
terribly cliched, I know, and I keep on saying this, oh my God, I've just said something that's a cliche. But these cliches are cliches because they're true. And I think that the opportunity is, um, at least I'd, I'd like for people to think of this as an opportunity to, to let go. So if you're clinging to normalcy and what's normal and your expectations and what you're entitled to, then I feel that that's very limiting. I, I, that doesn't feel like growing to me at all. That feels more like grasping and clinging to something that you already know. Mm. But if we just let go of that just a little bit, just imagine then what could happen. Mm. And that's what I believe. I think if people can just lift their vision up beyond, well, what can everybody do for me? Yes, but what, who are you though? Why are you here? Mm. Maybe you're going to bring something awesome into the world, into the environment around you. Yeah, maybe we're looking again at the teachings of Ramana, um, sitting in his cave and just saying, you know, when his disciples would say, well, you know, how do I become enlightened or awakened, whatever we want to call that. And he used to just say, ask the question, who am I? And keep asking, who am I? So whatever they brought to him, whatever questions, he would just say, ask, who am I? Who is the I that is speaking? Yeah. And I think for me, the last year and a half has given me an incredible opportunity to be coming much more self-sufficient emotionally than I've ever been before. I'm not relying on anybody anymore because people, you know, including myself, have been up and down and all over the place for the, you know, on and off. And so I, I've taken off that expectation that other people are going to make me happy. Mm. completely and it's wonderful well that sounds very empowering it's totally it? it's, it's so liberating totally empowering yes yeah. it is no it is it, it is. is are you finding that Mina I am finding that um uh and and, and I'm loving it mm. actually when you just let go of all the stuff you're clinging to you realize how heavy it's actually been that you've been carrying yes um so that fear of losing the things that you feel that you really need and then you lose them and then you're still standing and the, wor the world is still there and you think, oh wow, maybe I didn't need to carry that, that worry, that anxiety around not having control because I've lost control of certain things now and it's okay. Well, that's, that feels very liberating, doesn't it? This is what I mean about the shakening. You're yeah. like, oh my gosh, I've just had to drop some things yeah. and I feel so much lighter with that without it. And I was just thinking about you know, a lot of the scriptures, the yoga scriptures, and I'm sure in some of the other religious texts as well, it's this concept of ultimately, you know, the person who has nothing has everything. Mm. So if you imagine just, I mean, some of these Indian yogis live in this way, mm. that they literally have nothing. They don't have food. They don't have clothing. They just rely on the giving of others and the universe providing. Yeah. And they live an entire life like this. Yeah. And it's true, it's if you have nothing, you have everything because you then fully trust the universe. Yes. You're fully connected to who you are and source. And there are actually people who are living their lives like this. And isn't that the whole of nature? And all the animal kingdom? Isn't that what they're doing all yeah. the time? They don't they don't okay, squirrels have a stash of nuts for the winter. <laughs> Maybe they're <laughs> moving towards the human condition of suffering. Yeah. You know, waking up and thinking, oh my God, there's no food. They're clinging. They're clinging. They're clinging. It's like... The, it's <laughs> they're the, not trusting. <laughs> it's, the, it's the squirrel equivalent of toilet paper, isn't it? You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think... But all of nature does that all the time. They wake up every day and trust that it's all there. Yeah. And it is usually, unless humans are 
taking it away from them. Yeah. I remember somebody saying to me that the, the more you have, the more the more worried you are. Yes. So, for example, really rich people, mm. if, you, if you notice, they are the ones who are desperately looking for ways to not pay tax mm. and to not have their ho- many houses robbed and mm. they've got alarm systems everywhere and they're worried that the servants will nick the silver and all the valuable... It's a very kind of high-stressy way of being because they've got so much mm. and the more you have, the more you worry about losing it. You do, and also you have an energy attachment to every item you possess. So you're constantly having to feel, manage that energy to everything from books to pictures to carpets yeah. to chairs, everything. And I am beginning to really look around my house and think, I actually, I think I might get rid of that and get rid of that. Because... Life can be a lot more simple and a lot more joyful, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think we would be surprised about how little we don't need the things that we think we can't live without. Mm. I mean, you know, if you... Obviously, if you lose everything, it's terribly upsetting. You know, people whose houses burn down and things like that. Of course. It, it, is, it is very upsetting, yes, obviously. of course, because it feels like it's not their choice. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not willingly that you've let go of it. But they do rebuild Mm. and they do go on um and I feel I'm like you I look around and say do I you know feel really strongly about a painting or strongly about something but but really you can hold these things lightly and enjoy them but not be kind of Mm. I can't live without that thing yeah absolutely because you can you can you can absolutely can can. live without all of it and I think when when I um, years ago when I left a partner we had a lovely home and I just packed a suitcase and walked out with a suitcase. I've never felt more liberated in my entire life. Yeah. I wasn't trying to work out how to get the sofa in a van and into the next place. You know, I just hadn't didn't have anything. Yeah. But clothes and my jewellery. That was important to me. And now it's my paintings and my artwork. But, you know, it, it's as it is. But I think, I think we're just learning to live in, again, you know, it sounds a cliche, but we're learning to live in the now. So that sounds like it's the answer to the how to thrive in an uncertain world I think it is I think it is I was where I lived there used to be a convent school opposite which is now housing but the nuns have been moved into a house further down the road and they're all in their 90s and there's a lovely sister Margaret who I love talking to she's so wise and she walked she walked past my house the other day and I said to her do you miss the house and the gardens because they had beautiful beautiful gardens and she said, yes, I do. She said, but I, what I've realised, Sarah, is that life is just a whole long process of learning to let go. Yeah. As she strode off age 98, you know, yes. looking fabulous. And I thought that is one liberated woman. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, being being a nun and, and their their faith is, is exactly that. You mm. you let go of everything and you, you are married to source. Yes. Uh, and they try totally. They do. They actually yeah. go through a ceremony, and they're married to source. Mm. They call it God, but I mean it's what mm. source. And then they just let go, and mm. they live this utterly peaceful, calm. It, it, it is quite beautiful. Yes, it, it is. When you see it, it's it's quite uh, it's quite eye opening, and you go, oh, "Gosh, that energy is amazing." They are incredible. And if you go up to our local churchyard, they're a Catholic. Um, they were a Catholic nunnery, and they uh, Catholic school for nuns. And they have a churchyard up there with their own area for burial. And I don't think there's a single nun there who was buried under the age of about 95. Yeah. And I asked them what they eat. And she said, we eat lots of broccoli and lots of cauliflower. 
You see, they just know because they're trusting. Yeah. What to eat, and we don't eat too much. They're all lovely, you know. Yeah. So a very big lesson, and I think you know when she said that to me, I thought you know it truly is the only sensible thing to do, is to just continually be letting go. Yeah. Mm. And it is it is kind of obvious though, also, isn't it? It's like. We're made, I think we're being made to sort of face ourselves a little bit here. I, think, I think the pandemic and the, what, just all the other things happening in the world is a mirror is being held up. Mm. And the mirror is saying, really? Really? Is this, is this it? You really think that this is a great way to live? Yeah. Is there a better way? Mm. Um, and I think that's, that can only be a good thing. Oh, yeah. And the people around where I live are so much kinder. They stop, we all stop and chat in the streets, nice big smiles. People are making a huge amount of effort. And I love that, you know, so I, I, I make an effort to speak to anybody who'll stop and chat because I've realised that that's life. That's mm. what's important. Yeah. So what are you doing to thrive at the minute? Well, um, I am doing my yoga. I, I've just started doing explosive and exercise again for me which is just very short bursts of sprinting because I think that's wonderful for the adrenal if I get upset or angry about things that helps to move the adrenal glands I'm painting walking um, talking to people spending time with people and um, how about you what are you doing uh, yes I am uh, doing yoga as well um, I'm actually really yeah I'm being a bit more playful at the minute so I'm learning new things doing new things just a try. Um, so just before the summer break, I, I went to some Pilates classes, which I thought was really interesting because um, Pilates has got, takes some things from yoga. Um, it was a completely different experience. And I, I think that uh, all teachers need to be students. You know, I think it's important to be at the yeah. other end sometimes. And I really enjoyed being the student and not be, being the teacher. So that was fun. And I've also, um, I'm in week three of the Couch to 5K challenge. Oh, lovely. Which is actually really good fun. I've mm. never had myself down as a runner and always thought, no, that my body probably wouldn't like it. But actually, it's okay and I'm enjoying it. And it's it's just a new experience. It's, you know, firing up different neural pathways, isn't it? And, uh, and 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 that's yeah. I'm sort of doing that, taking the opportunity to do new things. Yes, I, I'm going out. I'm look. I'm obsessed with crickets at the moment. So Are you? Yes, down by the <laughs> river <laughs> where I live, all you hear when you go down there is crickets. And I just thought, I, oh, you know, I walk through and I hear the noise, and I thought, right, stop. And I just gazed at a little patch of grass, and within about two seconds, I could see three different types of crickets. Mm. And it's about really enjoying the small things. That yeah. gave me such a thrill. Yeah, yeah. I completely loved it. Then the other thing is, you and I have started dancing. Yes, <laughs> we have. Uh, we are trying. <laughs> well, I, I had this... I don't know if anybody, if they saw us, would call it that. But, well, you know, it's, I'm, I'm it's gonna, moving I, to music, certainly. <laughs> I'm going to out us here. Um, so I, I am obsessed with the... I have loads of lovely obsessions. One of them is with the mob dancing yeah street dancing street dancing mob dancing and although I'm um, late to say, 50s I would never have had you done as a street dancer <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> well I just adore it and, and I saw that they were teaching online because obviously they can't do any of their flash mob dancing so I had a look and I signed up so I managed to persuade you didn't I a yes. couple of weeks ago yeah. and um, to, to come round to your house and I said right you've got to get a baseball cap and put it on the wrong way round we've got to get in the groove 
So there we started our, our first dance and it was really fun, wasn't it? It was fun because, it, again, it was new mm. and it was playful. Um, and I'm a, a huge fan, obviously, of being playful as well. I think yeah. it's really important. Yeah. And moving your body to music, again, it's just, it's just lovely, isn't it? It's so oh. different to, again, when you compare running with yoga with pilates and then dancing which is moving to music it's like all these different levels yeah and awareness. it's just it's brilliant such fun i mean what was the song we were dancing to uh god i can't remember with my menopausal I, brain but it was it was a 1980s it was a, backstreet boys yeah backstreet boys yeah. here we are here we are here, here we, we are, are. <laughs> <laughs> oh it was hilarious so we were giving it all the attitude and yeah and of course we just laughed for about an hour didn't we it was yeah wonderful so i've got loads of those planned for you mina oh great okay so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna hit the streets as a as a street dancer at some stage as well here i think well really yeah at some point this wonderful company with these gorgeous young people um educating us in in contemporary dance dance are going to do a massive flash mob dance in London and if you don't want to join in person you can uh, send a little video of you doing the dance that they've set and they will be playing those non-stop as well so uh, that's my intention is to go and have a big dance with uh, the whole of London yeah well there you go so in this all this uncertainty we've given We've given several ideas of what to do to sort of feel like you are at least somewhat in control. And uh, as ever, Sarah, you can choose joy, can't you? Oh, no matter what. No and matter what. That no is matter my... what. And yoga and dance and dog walking, bird watching, laughing, smiling. Um, in fact, something came up on my Twitter feed yesterday. Uh, and it was just a simple question. It just said, what's the best way to start the day? And my immediate response was with a smile. Mm just just start with a smile mm. something like a nice thought maybe yeah you can and start the day with a nice thought everybody can do that you can you can wake up and think one nice thing a nice thought you can even if you wake up and your mind is full of painful things or nonsense yeah. you know you can make the decision that right now i'm choosing joy and i'm going to have a nice thought and then i'm going to smile and i can't remember how many muscles you use something like 52 muscles with a smile probably more and then you fire off all the neural pathways. So waking up laughing is a really good thing. Yeah, yeah. Laugh and smile. There you go. That's <laughs> the answer to the question on how to thrive. Oh, well, that has been really fun today. I've enjoyed it very much. Yeah. Thanks, Nina. It's and, been lovely. Uh, nice to be chatting again. Yeah, we'll do, do it some again more. soon. <laughs>